Hey, welcome to the Hope Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave is back in the saddle again, and he will be hanging out in the book of Judges, and he'll be talking about one of our favorite guys with all that hair, Samson. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org, where it always is. Lots of information there about the church and things going on at the church. We'd like to thank all the people that showed up for game day. What a time it was. We really appreciate your support on that. Also, if you're looking for a church or just kind of wondering what church is all about, check out Houghton Baptist, Sunday, 10 a.m. Come as you are, we do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Well, good morning. It's good, good to be back. I've been away for a few weeks. Uh, at this time, we're going to dismiss our little ones first. The junior church, your teachers are waiting. If you're new to the church, sign your children in and then go pick them up. We don't want to leave them down there with our children's seats workers too long. Man, it's good to be back. I'm thankful to have uh, Bill and Don and Tim uh, fill the pulpit uh, for me while I was gone. And uh, I'm so thankful that God has uh, provided uh, people to step in and fill in the spots. Amen? Did they do a good job? Were they okay? All right. Like three people were excited about it? All right. You're like, they were all right. I mean, we endured. No, I'm thankful for them. And uh, God's raising up other leaders and teachers in the church, and we want to give them a place. So I was going to wear my Dallas jersey this morning. Uh, my wife was like, listen, you really should. You've been trying to promote this thing, and you should sport your team and, and do all that. But I thought that wearing a Dallas jersey would be a little distracting, right? Yeah. All you Dallas haters. we got a couple of fans in here this morning, so I'm thankful for those two people that are with me. Uh, that root for the, the Cowboys. Thank you for that. All right. Please do. Better than a Packer fan. I'm just saying. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to start this off right here. Let's uh, get before God and ask Him to speak to us, uh, because it's more than just worship. It's more than just being a part of game day Sunday and being here. It's more than just attending. Man, God's got something for you. And if you're ready, and if you're willing, and if you're open-minded to receive it, I don't care whether you're churched or unchurched or lost or saved, God has a word for you this morning. So let's pray and ask that He does the work. Father God, You are holy and righteous and Oh, how you must love when your church gathers together and to sing songs to you because worship is about you, it's not about us. And this service and everything that we do here this morning, it's simply about you and your glory and and making much of your name. It's not about us, it's not about our preferences, it's not about our wants and our needs. God, it's about you, and all of this is for you. Lord, I pray that you'd meet people where they're at this morning whether they're broken or hurting, whether they're struggling with something, God, I pray that you would minister and encourage, and God, that you would challenge us. And Lord, I pray that you would peel back the layers and the deadness. Lord, we know that we have callous hearts sometimes. God, would you do a work in us. Lord, I just trust you to help me physically, spiritually and emotionally to just be a part of this and to be used and be a vessel. We ask that you would speak through the text. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Already going for water. It's going to be one of those kind of sermons. Hold on. I haven't preached in three weeks, so boy, I'm ready. Have you ever asked God, give me one more chance? 
Give me one more chance, one more shot, God, to just prove myself, prove who I am. I've changed. Have you said that before to God? I've changed. I am different. I'm ready now. We're going to look at Samson's second chance this morning. If you came here for the I Am series, I'm sorry to disappoint you. We're going to start that next week because God had something else in mind for you. I think as a church, as a body, as people, we need to hear about second chances, don't we? Everybody say second chance. That was kind of weak. Everybody say second chance. All right, see, I've been away. We're going to get you working this morning. This was, this was Samson's last opportunity to get it right. See, we desire as people to do right by God, don't we? Whether we're churched or unchurched or or lost, we desire it's within us to do right by God, but but our flesh, our nature, gets in the way sometimes. The, the Apostle Paul said it best. I desire to do right, but I do wrong. I desire to do right, but I do wrong. What I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't want to do, I do. Sounds like my nine-year-old, right? Anybody got kids? Sounds like my nine-year-old, and yet this is the Apostle Paul speaking, who wrote most of the New Testament and planted churches and was a phenomenal servant of God. What I don't want to do, I do. My goal for us today is this, that we begin to step into our second chance and believe God to fulfill or start fulfilling our destiny. Now, that seems like a big task for one service. One moment, right? But this is your starting point. This is where it starts. The truth is, church, we have strongholds, don't we? You're thinking, well, my, my wife does. My wife has a stronghold. My, my husband, he's the one that's got issues. Deal with, with him or that person sitting next to me. I know all about them and what they've done and what they do and what they're a part of. They have strongholds, but, but not me. Don't we? They're kind of think like that. We, we, we assess and we... Not me! I don't have strongholds. Each of us have strongholds in our lives that are slowing down the process. And it's time. Everybody say, it's time. Well, it was so weak. Three of you, come on, it's time. We defeat them before they defeat us. Our mistakes and our poor choices and our failures should never keep us from our second chance. Amen? Turn me to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, we're 21 through 25. If you have your Bible, follow along there. If you have your smartphone or tablet, go ahead and use that. No texting or tweeting or whatever you want to do on Instagram. Follow along in the text. Judges chapter 16, verses 21 through 25, or you can look up above. I just love this story. Of Samson. This is like it for me as a kid. Samson, just a warrior, a mighty warrior. Listen to what happens to Samson in verse 21. It says, The Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. Sounds fun, right? They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. They rejoiced and said, Our god has handed over 
our enemy Samson to us. When the people saw him, they praised their God and said this, Our God has handed over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. When they were drunk, they said, bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison, and he entertained them. And they had him stand between two pillars. They had him stand between the pillars. Let's stop there. Let me just set things up for you, for those that don't know about Samson and the story of Samson. First of all, Samson was special. Was he not? I mean, as a kid, I just idolized Samson. Samson was special. He was a Nazarite from birth, which meant there were certain vows or rules he was supposed supposed to keep and, and follow. No drinking beer or wine, anything fermented, no grapes, no raisin, no no touching of dead things whatsoever. And oh yeah, he wasn't supposed to cut his hair ever, ever. In fact, his mother was told by God long before Samson was ever born that his power and strength was in the length of his hair, which seems crazy. Doesn't God do some crazy things with people throughout the text? But that's what God put in place to keep Samson, his judge, his servant in check. See, I have Jillian to keep me in check, amen? Husbands are like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, preacher. I have my wife to keep me in check. And better yet than my wife, I have God's word. I have God's word and I have a relationship with him that keeps me in check. But for Samson, it was in the hair. Imagine knowing your destiny rested in your obedience. Oh boy, right? Imagine knowing that you would lose it all. Put, your, put yourself in Samson's position, Samson's shoes, Imagine knowing that you would lose it all, everything that God ever gave you, if you disobeyed Him in this one area. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Amen? Aren't you thankful for Jesus? And the new covenant and and the second chances that are offered through Jesus. Not only that, church, Samson was the last judge of his kind. God had turned the Israelites over because of sinful behavior over to the Philistines for 40 years. We forget these parts in the Bible. 40 years of judgment. Samson's job was to come in and to vindicate them, bring them out of oppression and slavery. Pretty important task and role, a task that couldn't be done Without God. Without, isn't, that, isn't that important? Amen? A task that couldn't be done without God. In fact, it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Every battle, every fight, every moment, he needed power and strength. God was faithful to send his Holy Spirit to rest, rest on Samson, his servant. Right? That's encouraging to me. Because I face battles, don't you? I face difficulties. I'm pursuing Jesus and I'm following God and I'm dependent on Him. And no matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through, I need, desperately need, His Holy Spirit to impact 
my life. Everybody stay with me. No sleepers this morning. All right, we got hot dogs and brats outside. That means I'm going to go long this morning. We got you already here. The Spirit rested on Samson. As we face battles and hardships, the Spirit of the Lord is faithful to step in and supply what you need. Adequate power and strength. No matter what we're facing, well, Pastor, I'm going through marital difficulties. It doesn't matter. God is faithful in those times. I'm I'm facing an addiction and, and temptation. I just can't beat it. I can't break away from it. God is faithful, church, to supply the Holy Spirit when you need it the most. But we have to get out of the way. We're on our heads most of the time. Or, or we're just so confident about who we are as people, we just try to take it on our own. Don't we? Have you ever been like that? Like, I got this. How foolish. How silly. Samson was destined for greatness. But as we'll see in today's text, his wrong choices got in the way of what God had for him. Temporarily, sin, don't ever forget this, sin slowed down the process. Sin will always slow down the process. Thank you, Bill. I paid him to say that because you guys are just like... Right? Sin slows down the process. Doesn't it? Self. Everybody say self. Delays God's promises. Every single time. I wonder how many wrong choices we're making right now. Well, Pastor, I'm in church. I'm making the right choice. Yes. How many wrong choices are you making right now in your life? Between you and God. Maybe some things your spouses don't even know. Your family don't know. Wrong choices. Wrong choices. Sin. Sinful choices. Wrong choices. Slows down the process of what God is trying to do in your life. Amen? Samson had things in his life that would cause him to get off track to lose focus, to, to forget what he was there to do. He was there to vindicate the Israelites and, and, and judge the Philistines, and yet he got up, caught, caught up in things in his life. I know you know what that's about. We get caught up in things that are wrong and sinful, and, and we forget our potential, we forget our purpose, we forget God's plan, we forget our destiny, because we're so wrapped up in sin and our choices that we miss what God has for us. Samson was mighty, mighty. Wouldn't you like his strength? Amen? I could use some of his strength. He lost focus. Women was Samson's kryptonite. In fact, at 14, he says, Dad, she's the one that I want. She was a Philistine, an enemy. Dad's like, you can't can't have her. Dad, go get her for me. She's the one that I want to be with, Samson. Just even at a young age, he started off pursuing the wrong things. Don't we start off pursuing the wrong things? I don't care what age you are. 
what experiences you have. We, we pursue and we go after the wrong things in life when God's fullness and our destiny... Everybody with me? Don't make me work this morning. It's over here. It's over here. I had a buddy years back that every girl he dated was the one. It was so sad. Jillian and I are like, are you kidding me? He'd come over, he's like, Dave, i got to talk. i got to talk, man. Dave, i got to talk. This is the one. Really? Really? Dave, man, I, I'm so in love. I, I just love this girl. I mean, she's, I'm going to propose. Really? You've been with her a week. <laughs> but I love her. I, you love her, right? This is the way that Samson was. He was drawn to... Their beauty, he was enticed, he was captivated in every sense of the word. He was drawn to it. Aren't we drawn to things in this world and in this life? And we have to resist those things and fight against those temptations. But God is faithful, amen, to supply power and strength in your moments of weakness. Each of us have things in our lives that are setting us up to fail. Aren't, don't we? They're captivating our flesh and our desire and our sin nature. They're appealing. They're, they're wooing us. But they're leading us away from God's presence. Can I, can I just ask you this this morning? Please just nod for me. All those stares are freaking me out. Listen. It's leading you away from God's promises. God's fullness, God's goodness, and we're, we're pursuing, we're headed in the opposite direction of who God is and what he has for us. Can I, can I just ask this? Is it worth it? Is it ever worth it? Ever? Right now, our daughter Ryan is going through a season. She's going to be seven soon. Pray for us. She's learning her her role as our daughter, as our child, and she's learning our role, mom and dad, authority, the hard way. Everybody say the hard way. And Caden, I just love Caden right now. He's being phenomenal, and he's growing out of this stage, which I love. I'm seeing maturity and growth in him. And the other day, she was having a moment. All you parents know what I'm talking about when your little one has a moment, and you just want to leave him behind. Like, I'm not bringing him into Walmart. We're, we're those parents. You've got to pray for us. Children have moments. So Ryan was having a moment in the car, and Caden just looked at her, and, and he said, picture temper tantrum, you know, just chaos and drama. Young girls do that. We're not supposed to be that way. Caden says to her, we're not supposed to be that way. Ryan's like, don't you tell me. You know, you, I, I thought we had to put a divider. We're not, no, just stay with me. We're not supposed to be that way. You're being rude and disrespectful to mom and dad. Jillian and I almost high-fived each other. We just couldn't believe what we were hearing from the back seat. I didn't have to pay Caden anything. I mean, this was a freebie, just good advice. And, and there's wisdom in my son. We're not supposed to be this way. Apply that to your life. As we follow Jesus in 
His holiness and His righteousness and His standard, and it's difficult sometimes, but He supplies power and grace. We're, we're, we're supposed to evolve. As we follow Jesus, we're supposed to grow in our faith and grow in the Lord and put away old things and we're supposed to apply what we've learned at the table through the reading and teaching of God's Word. We're supposed to live in His grace and His fullness, but learn from our mistakes. Amen? That gets you excited. Whew, had a word for that one. Not keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over and away. And over. Doesn't it get old? Doesn't it get old? But in case we do, and we will, we have a God who can right our wrongs. Are you excited about that? We have a God, just, just let that permeate for a second. Because we live this life so defeated and broken, miserable about our sin. Are we miserable about our sin? It's this weight. We have a God who can right our every wrong. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful to forgive. Last night I was talking to Caden about Cain and Abel. We were just having a moment upstairs, and he didn't like that story. He said, why would he do that? Why would he do that? I said, listen, people sin. People make wrong choices. Things happen. He said, Dad, he goes, man, he goes, I sin. And then he goes, I don't want to go to the bad place. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, son, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't miss that part of it. Nine years old, he understands the difference. I said, you're saved. There's security. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there's security in our salvation. But the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful to forgive. Amen? That means we have an advocate. We just go to God the Father and he makes all things right. But we have to confess sin. You're going to love this next part. Might get you some, some, some of you angry here, all you church people. Let me just say this about grace. You holding on? What's he going to say? Ephesians 4, 31-32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage. Wait, I'll go back to that other first part. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage. Anger, outcry, slander, along with every form of malice. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus. This is to the church. Oh, wait. I, this, is, this is to the church. <laughs> Believers, the family of God. Why, well, I, I, I thought it was just the lost that are sinners. Amen? Listen to what he says next. I just love this, this part. Be kind. And tender-hearted to one another, forgiving each other, just as Jesus Christ, God, forgave you. I hope some of you just, man, I just don't even like the way that sounds. It's uncomfortable. We have no business accepting the grace of God and His forgiveness if we're not willing to do the same for others. In, in other words, if you expect a second chance, and I know you do, we're desperate for second and third chances, aren't we? If we expect a second chance, we should support others in their second chances. Samson was in a situation that he had no business being in. 
The Philistines seized him and gouged his eyes out, brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. Now, does this sound like a man who is destined for greatness? A prisoner, a slave, not not at all right, and yet God, King of Kings, would allow it, and God would use it. Think about it, church. God allowed Samson, his servant, this judge, to be seized and blinded physically and emotionally tormented. I wonder how Samson dealt with the loss of his sight, removed. He had sinned against God and his destiny, and now was paying dearly for it. But God was going to use the mess Samson created to do something miraculous. Did you know that God uses our messes? Amen? Everybody say, God uses my mess. Our mistakes. Our sin, our wrong choices for His glory and to ultimately execute His plan. Because you are imperfect. I'm imperfect. Is there anybody perfect in here? The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. Right there. He's not limited. God is not limited by our our sin. God can do all things through all people. All people. God can do all things through all people. Delilah, his girlfriend, worked to ruin Samson. Delilah just sounds like a scandalous woman, doesn't she? If you know somebody, Delilah, I apologize for that comment. If your name is Delilah, I apologize for that comment. She lied to to weaken Samson and defeat him. Let me remind you this morning, the enemy doesn't care about you. Or what he has to take from you. He has one goal in mind. And it's not for your good and for your gain. He wants to take you out. Do you feel that as you pursue God? Do you sense that as you pursue Christ and to try to do the right things and follow Him? The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? So so we can stand in opposition and we can stand up and trust that God is for us. No matter what we lose in this life, and and many of us lose. Haven't you lost something? Like one person? Haven't you lost something in life? Haven't you gone through something difficult? Whatever we lose or whatever we face, God is in control and God is for us. We get that mixed up when we're going through hardships and trials. We just think that God has turned on us. Haven't you been there? God, you've turned your back on me. I failed you and I've wronged you and you've just, you've just let me go. God says, I am right here in your corner helping you and fighting battles for you. Would you just, would you just get out of my way? Trust enough to tell the kids, just stop. You know what I mean? Just the madness of being a dad. Just just stop and let me just figure it out. God is for you. Some of you this morning say, you don't even know my mess. I've been chunking my life and I'm trying. God knows I'm trying, but I'm making a mess of my life and God's not for me. What a lie from the enemy. Amen? God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. 
God decides what the enemy can take from us. He knows what we can handle, what we can endure. He knows what will refine us. He knows what will shape us. He, he, he knows what, what will get us to our destiny. And sometimes mistakes and failures and sinful choices will get us to our destiny. Well, how can I say that? I've been at the bottom. I've lived it. I've lived it. And God moved me through those times of mistakes. Oh, you never amount to anything, David. Look at us now. How many people in your life have said you'll never amount to anything? You're just a screw-up. You just make mistakes. That's what the enemy tells you. He whispers it into your life, and God says, I am for you. I sent my son Jesus to die on a cross to give you eternal life. I'm all in, and he's calling you to get with him. Get with him. Samson was the strongest man of that time. He took out a thousand soldiers in one fight, which is totally awesome. You guys got to love that, right? Samson was a tough guy. He wasn't pathetic. Samson wasn't weak. And yet without God, don't miss that part, and yet without God, without the power of the Holy Spirit resting on him, fueling him, empowering him, he was nothing. Samson was nothing without God. Can I just say, we are nothing without God. Samson was a victim. Seized. Beat up. Would would you imagine what that would do to his pride? He was a warrior. Strength oozed. I mean, he was a man's man, right? No one could touch him. And then he sinned against God and his destiny. Now grinding out grain for the amusement of the enemy. Have you been there? Absolutely. Once mighty for God, once filled with his spirit, passionate about Jesus and serving him, and now grinding grain for the amusement of the enemy. Some of us have given into our vices. Let's just be honest. We've given into our anger, our judgment, our weaknesses, our temptations, and all we're doing is grinding grain, amusing the enemy. We're not living out our destiny. We're amusing the enemy. I don't know about you, church, but I'm better than grinding grain. Amen? I am better than grinding grain. Everybody say, I am better. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. He is enough. And he's inside of you, fueling you and empowering you. We are better because of Jesus. Not of our own strength, our own doing. It's because of Christ and what he's doing in and through us. Let me just say this. Despite our mistakes, our past, our failures, God has something more for us. And you have to hold on to that. You have to believe that. God has more for us than the mill. The mill isn't our destiny. Wrong choices don't have to be the closing act in our life. Defeat, you with me, isn't our end. We serve a God of second and third chances. Some of us are in Gaza. Everybody say Gaza. 
That was so weak. Gaza. I mean, good night. Everybody say Gaza. Gaza. There we go. Gaza represents, sorry, I just, it's so sad. It is so sad. I listen back to the podcast and say, good night. We've got to work on that. Gaza represents a dry, desolate, empty land. This past week I was watering the church grass with the new addition part, and the front, if you've noticed, is green. I love that. I love green grass. makes me happy. A little OCD about things like that. It's green, and it's healthy, and it's growing. It just looks nice. And then you go to the back of the church... Dusty, ugly, desolate, dry, unhealthy. The reason for that is the shade covers the front. The building protects it from the heat. All day long there's shelter, there's a covering. In the back it's just open to the elements all day long. Some of you are in Gaza. You have no community with God. You have no relationship with Christ. There's no power. There's no covering. There's no shelter. You are just open in the elements, and you're trying to do it by yourself. And God says, I have a covering for you. You want green grass? I want to be healthy. As a follower of Jesus, I want to be passionate and spirit-filled. Get under the covering of Christ. Get out of the sun! Go to the shade. I'm learning that. My doctor says, you can't sit in the sun like you used to. I love the sun. Not good for you. It's not healthy for you. Get out of the sun. Get back to your relationship with Jesus. Make it about him. Gaza represents a place of suffering and hardships. We can relate to that, can't we? A place of being wronged and hurt. Can I just say this? Get over it. Amen? Oh, pastor, I've been wrong. Just get over it. There's so much more important things to do and accomplish in this life than sit there and be bitter and feel wronged. Get over it. Get before God. He forgave you. Amen? He's given you a second chance. He's been gracious to you. Let it go. Let it go. Gaza represents a place of great battle and difficulty, and some of us are doing that. We've got battles in our life, and we're fighting them. The Bible says Samson was shackled and bound. In other words, he was stuck. Samson, mighty Samson, was a legend in Gaza. The Philistines, they... they and they looked the other way when Samson came through. He was unstoppable. He was undefeated, but he gave up his power. Don't miss this part. His power and his position to be in a place of captivity. Did he not? Samson chose sin over protection. We, we can relate. We do the same thing. Samson chose himself and his desires and what was wrong and unhealthy over his relationship with God, his destiny, his vow, his vow, what he signed up for. 
Sometimes we make choices that lead us to positions of slavery. When we take sin to that next level, and oftentimes we do, we're asking, asking, begging God for separation. We just don't see it like that, do we? Samson got involved in sin, and sin never has our best interest at heart, ever. Delilah made Samson vulnerable by cutting away his strength, a gift that God gave him. John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give life in abundance. The Bible says that the Philistines, they threw this massive party. They had won. Samson was defeated. 3,000 people at this party. They were going on and on, drinking and having a good time, how their God had turned over their enemy. They had won. Samson was defeated. See, Samson was an enemy of the Philistines. He once tied 300 foxes together, placed a torch between them, and turned them loose. I hope little ones aren't listening to this. Only to burn down their crops and fields. Samson was a bad dude. And because I'm a guy, I just love that. He just wiped them out. They feared him. Samson was a warrior. But not without God. Let me say that again. Some of you are sleeping. Samson was a warrior. A warrior, a mighty judge, strong and empowered, healthy, growing, but nothing without God. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. We have to understand no matter our intelligence, our gifts, our strengths, our good looks, some of you, right? Our might, just kidding. We're nothing without God working in and through us. It's all Him. Anything good that we produce, it's because of what He has done and what He is doing. The people gathered there that night, laughing and praising the God of the Philistines, celebrating the defeat of Samson. They paraded Him around. Listen, this was a mighty warrior, like some sort of court gesture. Blind, broken, defeated. Friends, even though Samson had sinned against God, he was still important to God. I don't want you to miss that this morning. Even though Samson had sinned against God, he was still important to God. Don't you ever forget that when you make mistakes, and you will, God will take you back. He will restore you. He'll encourage you. And he'll forgive you. See, God wasn't done yet. Samson was chosen. He was set apart. Sin doesn't change our position. They mocked him as though they owned him. In fifth grade, my my younger brother wore the same pair of sweatpants to school every single day. Well, different pants, just the same style. Red, blue, green, just, just hideous pairs of sweatpants, and I used to give him a hard time about it because he was my brother. John, you, you can't wear those pants to, to school and expect anybody to think that you're cool. You know, in sixth grade, we already know all things, and 
being cool is very important. Well, some kids ended up roughing up my brother because of those sweatpants, which is horrible. They, they bullied John. They pushed him so hard into a brick wall that they chipped his elbow and he had to go to the hospital. And as soon as I found out about it, I was enraged. I was upset. This was my baby brother. Well, a few of my buddies, we went and we had a conversation. We talked. I'm not promoting fighting this morning. We went and handled it. I couldn't stand the thought of my my baby brother getting picked on by anybody else but me. Stay with me. God was already dealing with Samson. Was he not? Samson messed up and he sold out. He chose sin and self over what God had for him. God was already dealing with Samson. He lost everything. A mighty warrior and judge and, and they gouged his eyes out and they tied him up. They seized him and now he was a, a prisoner. But God didn't take lightly the fact the Philistines were going too far with his servant, with his guy. Let me just say this. When we mock God, or when we mock and come against another person, we mock God and come against him. Psalms 105.15 says this. I should get this in a t-shirt. Don't mess with my anointed ones. Amen? Isn't that good? We'll mass produce them. Everybody can wear them. Don't mess with my anointed ones. That's powerful. God's not some big brother. He's creator and king. He's sustainer of life. After all, he appointed Samson to his position as they laughed and they mocked him. God was getting ready to deal with them. The Bible says this, that they chained Samson between the two pillars, the two columns. Now this doesn't seem like any big deal, but watch this. Samson asked the young man who was leading him to put him between the columns. Put me over there. Picture the laughing and the mockery, the humiliation that Samson was feeling. Once mighty for God, now failure and defeated. Lead me to the two columns. Lead me to the pillars. Samson endured the hate and neglect in that moment, but he knew, I just love this, this is mighty. He knew in his spirit, in his gut, in his belly that he wasn't done fighting. Some of you have to start fighting again. Amen? Some of us have already quit. We've given up. We've thrown in the towel. And I encourage you today, don't quit. Keep fighting, keep going. God can make something miraculous of your life. God can right your wrongs. God can fix your mistakes. Well, Pastor, you don't have any idea what I've done and what I'm doing and what I've been a part of. God can fix your mistakes. Take your second chance. Samson had something left in him as the, the, the crowd expected victory, Samson expected deliverance. Here's the thing, Samson's sin never changed his destiny. 
Samson's wrong choices never changed God's plan for his life. It, it looked differently than, than God drew up for him, but the outcome would still be the same. Our sin doesn't have to change our destiny. Let me just read this last couple of verses and then we'll close. Can you make it one more minute? Two of you can? All right, you get no hot dogs or brats. You get nothing. Samson, standing between the pillars, abused, neglected, failure, right? Verse 28, he called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Some of you are here today and you are missing it and you're pursuing the wrong things. It's a prayer away. That's it. Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me. Picture Samson. Strengthen me, God, just once more. Have you prayed that prayer? I have. Give me one more fight. One more battle. One more day. One more breath. Strengthen me, God, just once more. With one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines from my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars of supporting the temple and leaned against them, one on his right hand and the other on his left. And Samson said, let me die. Now that doesn't sound like a good ending, does it? Let me die. Give me one more chance. Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might. And the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And the dead he killed at his death were more. Everybody say more. And the dead he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his entire life. Samson's sin didn't change his destiny. God gave him one more Shot. Yes, he died, but that was his choice. Strengthen me. Empower me. Use me. Can I encourage you? You just ask God to use you. Use me. Be willing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing here. We thank you for the strength and the power that you supply. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for second chances. Lord, I pray that as you raise our church up and you help us to stay missional and focused on you and reaching people, God, I pray that you would deal with bitterness and deal with our issues and deal with our stuff, God. Lord, I pray for the broken. I pray for those that feel like they have, they've, they've used up all of the chances you've given them. Lord, I pray today that they'd reach out to you. Ask for strength. Lord, I pray for the unbeliever, the lost that's here this morning. Lord, that they don't miss out on their destiny and your fullness and your grace. God, that they would say, listen, I am a sinner in need of Jesus, in need of grace. Be Lord of my life. Be king of my life, king of my heart. 
I pray that you would encourage them and motivate them to give their lives to Jesus and that they wouldn't hold back any longer, that they would be raised up and be mighty for you. God, please lead us and use us. Give us a second chance. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. I'm going to have everyone stand. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.